Are you ready? Hey, think you can tell us what to do? Think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're Welcome to Getting Rain, a podcast where we determine who stands above the rest. Tonight, I am super excited to have two very great guests with me. Um, joining me for the second time, you may remember Brent, who was on the pilot episode uh, when we discussed the MCU. Brent, how are you doing tonight? I'm excellent. I'm back. You know it. And also joining us for his first time on the show, uh, a willing guest to talk about our subject tonight, Dawson. Dawson, how are you doing tonight? Hey, I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Really excited to be here. Well, we're going to get right into it because this is a topic that I love. Tonight we're talking wrestling or wrestling if you're down south. Um, as always, we always start to show off with the icebreaker, so let's start with our icebreaker. Now, be honest. Based on your personality, which wrestler or tag team do you think would best represent you? Based on your personality. Ooh. <laughs> um, oh, I, you know, I'd probably say I, I, I'm more in line with, like, Christian. Uh, you know, of Edge, Edge and Christian. Sort of like, I, I kind of have, uh, you know, I don't have a great physique but I have like a relatively like small, like a small amount of charisma, and then uh, to top it off, uh, I, I just I, I like the background just a little bit because he he spent his whole career in Edge's shadow, so that that's what I would be like just the background s- guy, sort of up front really, but I was a world champion once, you know that kind of thing. That's awesome, uh, Dawson. You're up next. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, man, for me, I I think for me, I most align with not maybe not so much a character, but a Mick Foley. Uh, he's kind of been just like dragged through the mud, and he always gets up and keeps going. And uh, yeah, I think Mick Foley, he's just kind of that. He's got multiple personalities, so depending on where I'm at, I can be a different person. So uh, yeah, I'd probably say Mick Foley in all of his characters. I like both of those. I kind of feel like I would be, um, I don't know, maybe not necessarily an over-the-top type of guy, but I might be someone who liked to party or something like that. I just don't know who really, who that would fit. Maybe, I could see myself being like a Zack Ryder, to be honest. A sort of guy <laughs> who's like, can be over-the-top, can be the life of the party, but also has some ridiculousness to him. Uh, but staying power, though, somehow he's... Still around. He's a company yeah. guy. He is. Um, well, that was a great icebreaker. But we're going to get right into it. I want to know, where did your love of wrestling come from? Because I feel like everyone has a different path. Maybe it's an older sibling. Maybe it's a parent. Maybe you were just left alone on uh, Monday nights. <laughs> what got you into... Uh, what got you guys into wrestling? Well, I wasn't I wasn't a Keystone kid, but I I uh, whenever I was around like seven or eight, my dad was like ran a, a little league, uh, 
So I was over there every day, and there was this kid that lived <clears throat> just on the other side of like the fence of the league, and he was my age. He played over there, so we would always hang out together whenever I was over there every day. So I'd go after school, I'd go to his house, and he loved wrestling, and he had a trampoline. And all of the kids, you know, all of our friends, we would get together basically every day after school and wrestle on the trampoline. And I can remember, like, a uh, one time I, bu- I took $20 that I had and I bought, like, 50 WWF magazines from him because he had had a subscription for a long time and he already read them. So I bought all his entire collection of WWF magazines. And that was the moment, like, whenever I was reading through those. That's whenever I got hooked, and that's whenever I really got into it. I'd watched it kind of passively, but that that was the moment. So he turned me on to it. That's awesome, uh, Dawson. What was yeah. your what was your defining moment or the thing that drew you to it? You know, I don't really remember the first time I saw wrestling, but I know it was something that my dad and I watched every Monday night. We went to live events. Um, and I think that kind of spans from, uh, my uncle is a, uh, he's a quote unquote pro wrestler. He made it on, uh, he was on WWE's like minor league roster and he would be like a dark, uh, dark match guy at the beginning of Raw's and get squashed. And so he was kind of started from there. So my dad would always like watch for him and then we'd go. And so it was just kind of more or less that got me going. And, uh, I almost have two phases of, my love for wrestling, I guess it started when I was a kid. And then the older I got, I kind of backed away in like the, uh, mid two thousands or early two thousands. I kind of backed away. And then later in life, I kind of caught back up to it and it's kind of been back in the rotation ever since. It sounds like you and I have similar roads. Um, cause I basically did the two phase two where I was like really into it. And then just was like, uh, I can't watch this. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, let me watch one episode. Let me watch another episode. And now like all of a sudden it's like every Monday night I'm either mm-hmm. watching or it's recorded. <laughs> yeah. Um, the thing that pulled me back was when, uh, the rock came back for one of the first times and I was like, Hey, I remember the rock. I'm going to check this out. And then it kind of hooked me back in. And yeah. I- was that whenever he had his match with Hogan? Uh, no, this was after that. So it was like when, uh, like him and Cena had started up their feud. Oh right, oh, that's okay. right. Yeah, didn't he meet at WrestleMania one year? Yep. <clears throat> yeah, I, I feel like that's. I might have gotten in a little bit before that, but I, that's right about when I got in. Um, I'll say for me, when I got into wrestling was in my youth. Um, my dad was wasn't really big into wrestling, but he watched it pretty consistently. And being in the military, especially when we lived in uh, Japan. You basically would have to wait for tapes of whatever was recording in the States to get to you. And mm. so there would be times where you'd have this just no wrestling. And then all of a sudden they'd be like a week of just wrestling because they had been holding all these tapes together. <laughs> and so when we would binge these, you know, you binge all this wrestling would be on for like con- consistently for three weeks and then it would disappear again or they'd just be showing reruns. And then from then, my brother and I would, uh, would learn all the different moves, the way people talked, and then we'd wrestle either when we shared a room from one bed to the next bed, jumping off the couch. And then Brent, like you said, uh, once we found someone who had a trampoline, it was on. Oh, trampoline wrestling's the best. 
because you can just get so high, you can just. <laughs> it, it's. I mean, someone always gets hurt, but. That's yeah, looking cool. looking back on it, it was, oh, it's yeah. extremely dangerous. <laughs> but at the time, it, it felt oh, yeah. completely safe. Um, what did you love most about wrestling? Like, was it the matches themselves? Was it the personalities, the costumes? What's the thing that like really gripped you? <clears throat> um, well, I mean, depending on what mood I'm in, it can be any number of things. But I think the thing that I always come back to is the personality. And, like, I really love, like, the cheesiness. Um, and then the fact that the, they they hit, like, it's been on so long, and there's been so many stories that they've basically hit every story you can hit. You know, there's there's very very little they can do that's new in, in terms of a storyline. It's always a recycle, recyclement of an old story. Uh, but I, I love that they can do these stories with the camp. And, like, it can make me cringe and smile almost at the same time. And then, if I'm in another mood, I really enjoy, like, the athleticism. So, like, I don't mind that it's choreographed. Like, I get that. But the athleticism. These guys are, some of them are world-class athletes. And then you put that with some of them being fantastic storytellers. Uh, it's, It's a perfect mix to me. Yeah, and I think that's what some people don't get. There's like, oh, it's fake. How can you watch it? It's a there's a story, there's athleticism, and if you can suspend disbelief for a little bit, it's there's a lot of entertainment value. Yeah, I would uh, I'd be pretty much on the same par and I'll say that wrestling isn't fake. It's predetermined. Chore- yeah, choreographed. Yeah, so um but I mean, yeah, for me it's the storytelling and it's I have this idea of when it's good, it's great, and when it's bad, it's just unbearable. <laughs> um, and for me, I liked growing up with some of the more Attitude Era, Monday Night War stuff. That to me just drew me in when I was, you know, ten years old, fifteen, you know, ten, thirteen years old, whatever I was, and just seeing those back and forth and who's going to have the better. I try to one up the other, the other show. That really pulled me in. Um, I'm not really big on the gimmicky characters. Um, like I, not a doink the clown fan. Um, <laughs> and so, some of the gimmicks like uh, that are out there today, like the No Way Jose. I mean, I he's just uh, the same thing with like it was Adam Rose three years ago. So I don't like that type of character. Um, give me a little more serious, like a like a Seth Rollins or a Stone Cold Steve Austin or some of those type of characters, and that's that's right up my alley. Yeah, I gotta say, um, what I love about like wrestling and um as far as like the storylines, they are recycled, but I, I, I just am a sucker for it. I love a good heel mm-hmm. turn. And I love when you're watching a, like a tag team that's being successful and you're like, when is this gonna, when is this all gonna blow up? Because you start to see one get a little bit more, uh, a little more screen time. You see one who the fans <clears throat> are drawn to a little bit and you're like, yeah, two months from now and two pay-per-views, this is gonna blow <laughs> Oh. He's a, he's a he's about to get thrown through Brutus the Barber exactly. Beefcake's window. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's I mean, and you know, from that all the way to like the sh- the shield blowing up multiple times, it's like mm. it never get even when you see it coming, it just never gets old. I'm always a big fan of it, and I think they do a really good job of 
of getting you invested in these characters so that when these these turns do happen you're forced to pick like i'm just gonna have to like the new bad person or i'm going to hate now i hate this person oh I, the th- one of the things i love is <clears throat> i love good heel work so if there's a, a someone that i can see is is doing such a fantastic job being a heel like they almost get so good at being a heel that you have oh, yeah. to like them cm punk man i hated cm punk until he turned heel and it after that it was just i was like oh man i love it i love seeing people wanting people wanting him to lose and him just finding a way quote unquote finding a way to win <laughs> they just heels oh, have yeah. more fun um, that's what I kind of think is really sad about, like, I think about today's uh, wrestling right now, like, Brock Lesnar, I wish he was a better speaker, I wish he was a better personality, because he could be, like, just the greatest heel ever, just, like, showing up in matches that he doesn't even belong in, and just destroying people. Oh my god, whenever he looked at Heath Slater on Monday Night Raw and said, I don't give a shit about yeah. your kids. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was like, why can't we get that all the like? I know the fact that he doesn't do it is what makes it impactful whenever he does. But man, that line, I was just like, oh, I would be so invested in him as a heel if he would do stuff like that more often. As it is now, I get tired of Paul Heyman coming out and just doing the same. I mean, Paul Heyman's a great talker, but he's been doing the same thing week after week for three years now. See, one of the things that I, I kind tired of, missed, of it. I, I really missed Brock's earlier part of his career. I mean, I would jump in and out. So I don't ever remember if he was a talker earlier in his career, but I don't, I don't hate that he just kind of stands back and lets Paul do the talking for him. Um, it's really just, he doesn't have, he, he can do the talking when he's in the ring, destroying you. So I, that's why I like that. If, if you want to see <clears throat> Brock Lesnar invested in character work, go back to his, uh, his feud that he had with Eddie Guerrero. Mm. There's a, a promo that he did where he had a, a, a mariachi band out there and he's dancing <laughs> with the mariachi band. It's, it's so great. It's so great. I highly recommend at least finding that on YouTube because it's Brock Lesnar having the most fun he's ever had in a wrestling ring. Oh my awesome. God, that is a good scene. And that's the thing I miss about like, that's the thing I miss about Brock Lesnar and really stars when they get so big that all of a sudden they're just like their segments get so crafted and they're not allowed to really just express themselves. Although I think in Brock's case, it's just the fact that he's not the greatest at it. He yeah. just doesn't want to. I don't think he wants to. No, he doesn't. He he's um, <clears throat> tying back in the family. He's a my uncle's one of my uncle's best friends and they hunt and fish and he gets paid his money. He lives two hours away from Minneapolis on his ranch and he's just totally content with being by himself, but he'll get paid this massive paycheck by WWE to keep coming back. So why not? Yeah. I know some people don't like it, but I, it, he puts butts in the seats and there's yeah. not a whole lot of people that do that now. Honestly, the, the, the days of the big attraction, you know, it's sort of done by committee. Now there's not really the, the days of having the guy yeah. are kind of over. I mean, yeah. there's so there's so much great talent that it's hard for anyone to stand out, and they don't build them like they used to because they they have so much great talent. It's hard for them to just 
they you know they tried to do it with Roman Reigns and everyone revolted. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's that's part of the problem. Like if they, if they would have let him go heel and try to instead of try to sell his t-shirts as a face, he could have been the biggest heel almost ever. I think I think he would have been amazing as a heel, but he should have been the one that turned. Exactly. Yeah, he should have been. Uh, even if it was just like a a year span, and then he came back as a face, he would have. Everyone would have fallen in love, and it would have been no, no more question about Roman Reigns is amazing because I think he's awesome in the ring, but I can't stand the, the just. You know, he's getting forced all these lines, and that's with all these guys now. They're just all forced lines, and they don't want to do it, but they can't go out because they're afraid. Where am I going to go afterwards? So I. <laughs> Yeah, I wish he would have gotten heel. Maybe he'll come back as a heel when he comes back from leukemia. Well, I hope. That's the thing about it. If he had gotten heel, and then then you could use Seth Rollins as your hero, like I think that would have worked well because people would have liked him. And then he doesn't have to really talk that much. He can just beat the shit out of people. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> let's talk about the different eras of, of wrestling because I think that's really important. You know, We've been going back and forth with the different characters. Uh, do you have a favorite era of wrestling? Oh, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. So, like, I came in on the early 90s, which is whenever I got introduced to it, but it's not my favorite era. The Monday Night Wars and Attitude Era, I mean, that, wrestling has never been, like, it was at a fever pitch. Yeah. And it was the most entertaining it could possibly be. I mean, you go back and you watch... Some of those segments that they had to end Monday Night Raw, where it's just guy after guy coming, you know, star after star coming down to the ring, Undertaker, Stone Cold, The Rock, Mick Foley, and just guy after guy after guy running down. I mean, they had a wealth of talent, and they were letting them be fun. Like, they were interesting, they were edgy, and it was the most entertaining from a character standpoint, as it could have possibly been. The wrestling leaves a little bit to be desired in some some parts of it. But when you talk about just pure characters, nothing's better than that that time frame. Yeah, I'm all on board. Same thing. Uh, Monday Night Monday Night Wars, um, Attitude Era. That was some of the best. I mean, that's all for me. Storytelling. The wrestling in WCW wasn't great. The characters in WWF were amazing. They were over, so over the top and so what I wanted to watch as a as a ten year old. Uh, yeah, that's what that's what I wanted to be invested in, and that did it for me. I'm starting to get back into this era now, mm-hmm. uh, especially with like the NXT stuff that's going on. It's that is almost bringing me back a little bit to to that age where they're the guys are having a little more creative freedom. They're getting to put their work in the matches. So I think when NXT starts to take over this generation that's going to be another huge uptick for everybody if you were flipping back and forth between monday night nitro and raw i mean were you even living Uh, right right yeah it was the best and and that's the one thing i loved about that era is just not only were the the people over the top but so were the like the, the 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 beefs the matches i think about like um People jumping off the top of, of the the steel cage to elbow someone through a table, like mm-hmm. I'm sure there are reasons why they don't do that crazy stuff anymore. But I mean, they but they do they do still well, do I mean, that. Yeah, they don't they don't do the hardcore yeah. matches anymore. Like, and you can't do you can't do chair shots to the head anymore. Well, Thank um, goodness. Yeah, 
but yeah, you don't see the the barbed wire ropes anymore. You don't see the stuff getting lit on fire. And you and you know, I used to love that, but I cannot watch that. Well, no, yeah. you go back now as an adult, and you're just like that dude's literally on fire. Like, and that guy just got hit with a spike bat. Legit. Like, yeah. <laughs> even though they didn't hit as hard, and you know, like, uh, yeah. Um, but I, I mean, or thumbtacks. Oh my god, that was the worst. Oh, Putting the tacks and then like slamming someone from the top rope onto the tacks, like. And here's the thing about that. Like, I used to watch that, and I would go, oh, man, that sucks. But I would be totally into it. And just like last year, Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy had this match where Randy Orton went through a table, and I guess it sliced his leg, and he had like a little chunk of meat hanging off of his leg. And I was just like, ugh, like I wanted to vomit. But 15 years ago, or 20 years ago, I'd been like, ha, Look at that. The motherfucker's got something hanging off of his well, leg. It's gnarly. Even guys like David Arquette, he, he's still wrestling in some tiny minor league, uh, you know, mm-hmm. indie league, and he just had a death match a few weeks mm-hmm. ago, and he's just completely destroyed from it. Mm-hmm. It's just disgusting. That's the thing. I just... That was the one thing that when everyone, like, wrestling's fake, you're like... It's, like you said, predetermined, but, like, those guys are really getting injured. Like, not... To the degree that they often do, you know, how many times do you see a guy get taken out of, in an ambulance and then the ambulance gets stopped and the, you know, they get body slammed while still in a neck brace. Like, obviously, you know, that stuff is all staged, but like there were times where people blew out their shoulders, blew out their knees. I remember when Seth Rollins uh, did that flip and you could just tell immediately that he was like, when he landed, that his knee was messed up. Oh, and and that's just such a common thing. Like, it's just mm-hmm. a freak accident. You know? It wasn't even, like, a high-impact move. He just landed wrong. But, like you guys said, I was a big fan of the 90s, early 2000s. I think about, like, especially when DX came around, and they mm. used to do crazy crazy stuff, like bringing a tank down. Like, you're just going <laughs> to ride in in a tank. Like, that's completely normal. Outside of a WCW arena, taking over. (laughs) Meanwhile, the NWO is riding in on garbage trucks at their own pay per view. (laughs) If that's not a metaphor, I don't know what is. Um, Well, who are some of your favorite guys uh, from like the early? I know most of us were still nineties, two thousands, but we all saw some of the eighties and early early nineties. Who are some of your favorite people from those from the older era? Oh, let's see. I look back to that era and uh, get, like give me a range. Where where's my uh, cutoff? I will say mid eighties to say like ninety ninety five, like somewhere around then. You know, not okay, quite the so, golden age, but you know the beginning of the yeah yeah age. yeah. Like Macho Macho Man, yeah yeah, yeah. Rick Flair, Macho Man and Flair are two big ones for me. Um. I, whenever I was younger, I really liked Bret Hart, and I, I'd start to dislike him more and more as I got older. Uh, I always hated Hogan. Oh. I never understood why people like him. That hurts. Or, or liked him. I just don't get it. Like the the hulking out, the shaking, and then your finishers, uh, exactly. fucking leg drop. Come on, exactly. get out of here. It's weak. Um, and then, like, Shawn Michaels is a 
a number one for me. And he he's he didn't hit his peak during that time frame, but he was there. So, and the Undertaker obviously is another one. I think for me, I would have to jump in and say uh, Hulk Hogan was my favorite as a young, <laughs> as a young lad. Uh, going all the way up to the moment where he took my heart out of my chest and stomped on it and walked all over it, and I was like a 10-year-old in tears at Bash of the Beach 1996. Oh, yeah. one of the best yeah. heel turns ever. Uh, that was that was peak peak Hulk Hogan for me, because I was, I, was, I was 96, I was 10 years old. I was like, I'm so sold on Hulk Hogan being my hero, and then he does that, and it hurts so bad. I think that was my first heartbreak. Did you say uh, your prayers and eat your vitamins? Yeah, not anymore. <laughs> I even had a little Hulk Hogan little wrestle buddy doll, and uh, that was yes. pushed off to the side. Um, so, I mean, Hogan for me, I also was a big Roddy Piper. Mm-hmm. Um, Stone Cold, but that still carries through the 90s. Um, yeah, I mean, those are probably uh, Hogan and... Piper are probably two of my favorite from that era. I gotta say, um, from the from that era, I was a big fan of some of the weirder, uh, not so much weirder, but the the, the soft A listers. Like for some odd reason, as a young kid, Big Boss Man was like one of my favorite wrestlers, <laughs> and that guy <laughs> sucked at wrestling. His character was a douchebag, and I don't know why I liked him, but. I think it was maybe because of the arcade game. He, but, but yeah. I was absolutely a fan of his. But also a big fan of Mr. Perfect. That was uh, my my brother's mm-hmm. favorite mm-hmm. favorite guy. Absolutely loved him. Um, the British Bulldog, for some odd reason, was I, I was a huge fan of. Um, but Mancho Man and I will say the Ultimate Warrior were my probably my favorite from that era. I never really got into Hulk Hogan. I always appreciated him. I knew I was supposed to like him, but I was just like, eh, can't really, can't really ride with this guy. I'd also like to throw in. I was about to say it. The guy I hated more than anybody else was a million dollar man. He's the first like, he's one of the first wrestling villains that I like. It took me a while to realize. I'm like, oh, this is who. This is the role you're playing. You're supposed to be the foil to the heroes. Oh, that laugh. Like, it was perfect that they had his music start with that laugh because he had the best bad guy laugh ever. So great. I was going to say... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I was also going to throw in Sting. Sting was a big one for me, too, as a kid. I never really got into Sting. I always I always liked him, but I felt like he was too forced on, on us. I really liked Sting whenever, you know... Whenever he started doing the crow, yeah, that was that was a big turning point for me. I saw him, when, you know, when he was louder and trying to be like a kind of an ultimate warrior type of character. Um, but when he flipped over to the crow, that was that was cool for me. I, I dug that a lot. Yeah, it was like a weird cross between Ric Flair and the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. Um, I also with a I buzz cut. Didn't, I I wasn't <laughs> a big fan of Ric Flair, but that was only because um, we would visit Charlotte a bunch. Uh, where oh, where my dad's family's from, and God, they love Ric Flair so far, so much. And I can remember <laughs> family reunions, and remember like moments of people just being drunk and just woo all over this place. You're just like, <laughs> enough with this. Um, but that leads us in, I guess, to the mid '90s and the early 2000s, where I, like we said, things really got great. Um, I do think, and before we leave. I almost forgot one of my favorite wrestlers, um, a tag team from the 
90s, Legion of Doom, the... Oh, yeah. Wow. They, for me, were like the gold standard of wrestling. You know, they had the Rockers. You had... Um, God, who were those... Uh, who were the, like, the garbage men? The two... The two... The Nasty Boys? Yeah. The Nasty Boys. Ryan Nobbs. And, uh, the the Bushwhackers, like... I I remember (laughs) all those old, um, tag teams, but... The, uh... Yeah. Legion of Doom, they were my... They were my squad. But... I tell you who... A tag team I loved back then was Harlem Heat. yeah! (laughs) Love me some Harlem Heat. But I just feel like once the mid, or I guess the mid-90s, late-90s, early 2000s hit, I felt like that's when wrestling really hit its stride. That's when you got the big personalities that so many of today's wrestlers are modeled after. Uh, your Canes, your Undertakers, um, your Triple H's, and Stone Cold. Uh, who are some of those guys from that era that just really... They were, they were who stood out for you guys. Uh, well, I'm, the easy answers really: Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Stone Cold, The Rock. Like yeah. those, those four stand out clearly above the rest for me. Everyone else is way down the line, in my opinion. Yeah, they're all they're all pretty high up there. I don't. I mean, Undertaker he had such that gimmick that he still carries through to today. I mean, that's pretty iconic and it, you've seen them try to kind of replicate that with a few people um and no one's ever caught on mm-hmm. as well so oof, yeah i'd say those are kind of the you, you could look at almost anybody on the roster and get bits and pieces of before the brent named uh, pretty much many of their acts so yeah it's those are pretty four horsemen oh that's right there i i think that for me that was such a golden glorious age for wrestling that, like, I can definitely say at the time I didn't know how good we had it. Um, I think about, again, to go back to the tag teams, like, at that point, that was one of the divisions that I watched more than any other one. Um, I love the battles between the Hardy Boys, the Dudley Boys, especially the Dudley Boys. Um, you know, get the tables. Yeah. <laughs> Get the tables. What? Uh, Edge and Christian, who I love to hate, absolutely love to hate. Yeah, New Age Outlaws. New Age Outlaws was my that was my, that was my team. I love the New Age Outlaws. I always. If this show doesn't start with, "Are you ready?" <laughs> what are you doing, Don't John? Worry. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take care of it. <laughs> uh, well, I guess that. That that gets us to our modern era, um, and are you? I'm assuming you guys are still watching today. Uh, yeah, I'm. I, I I don't miss. I don't miss a show. I do. I do my best to keep on top of it. Um, if I'm not watching it live, I'll try to DVR it and, and burn through it, or uh, or he gets his updates from me. <laughs> yeah, from Brent or from Twitter or from Reddit. So I'm all over the place on trying to stay on top of all that. Um, I'm about the same way. I usually uh, watch most of Raw and then DVR uh, SmackDown. But I really have enjoyed what they... Well, for the most part, I'm enjoying what they've been doing lately. Um, I love what they've been doing as far as the women's division... I like the idea that they're now mm-hmm. doing a women's tag team. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of surprised it took them so long to do that, but 
I think they're looking at the landscape and realizing just how much money is available in marketing uh, those wrestlers, not only to guys, but to to girls who are getting into, who have been getting into wrestling. Um, and obviously, I think that the A-listers right now aren't as, um, they won't be as mythical as the ones that happened in the 2000s or uh, late 90s. But I do think there's some great ones. Uh, particularly, I think they underuse Seth Rollins, to be honest. I think he could be good. I don't know if he could ever be carry a show good. But whether he's a hill or whether he's just out there, I think he's a, a guy that they should use more. Well, I think you're about to get your wish. Because he's picking that title up at WrestleMania. You really think so? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's going to beat Lesnar. Yeah, because Brock's going back to UFC. So I think he's got that training he's got to get in. He's got to be suspended for six months or whatever it is. And I think, I think he's right around the corner. Yeah, I definitely could see him taking it and, and running with it. I could also see Brock using, uh, just reinserting himself into that testing pool to, to serve his six months so that he has leverage for a, a bigger a bigger contract. Yeah, <laughs> that would be <laughs> I wouldn't put it past smart. him. Um, but... Think about the modern era, or today's era, I should say. What are some of your favorite aspects of um, of today's game and some of your favorite people? Uh, well, I would say in WWE, uh, my favorite right now is AJ Styles. And he's someone that I followed from TNA through Ring of Honor to New Japan to WWE. Like, I followed his whole career. I think he, he's not the best Mike guy, but in the ring... He is such a dynamic performer and such a great athlete and good storyteller. Like, I've loved him for 15 years. And then you have guys like, uh, you know, Finn Balor, who's just like literally probably the coolest guy I've ever seen. I don't know what it is. Like, I think he's just super cool. Uh, and he's, he's a decent wrestler on top of that, but really, and, and Dawson kind of touched on this earlier, what I'm really loving right now, aside from the women's division, which you talked about and we can talk about a little bit later, is what they're doing in NXT. NXT, if you are, if you are a wrestling fan and you are not watching NXT, you are doing yourself a huge disservice. What they are doing down there, they are putting on consistently the best matches and telling the best stories of anyone anyone in wrestling right now. Uh, I look at uh, like Champa, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano, who've had this two long, two year long feud. Well, not the feud hasn't been two years, but they, they've gone from being uh, tag team champions to Ciampa getting hurt, turning his back on Johnny for stealing his spotlight. Champa's like one of the best heels in wrestling. You have Johnny's had his uh, crisis of uh, who he is and and who he's become over the course of this. They've had these three fantastic matches at Takeover, which is like their pay per view, and you know their their matches are filled with all this symmetry and callbacks to earlier points in the story and and visual cues. Like using uh, using the knee brace as as sort of like a, not necessarily just even a knee brace or a weapon, but as a metaphor for their friendship in these matches. It's it's storytelling that goes beyond what wrestling typically does, 
And to top it off, they have uh, like uh, they have less restraints on them as far as matches go. So like in in on main roster, there's a lot of stuff they can't do, but they let them do it in NXT. So you get all the cool stuff in NXT along with you know really just letting the wrestlers be wrestlers instead of. Uh, you know, a bigger part, a bigger cog in in the bigger machine. NXT is where it's at. If you're not watching that, you need to get on it. Yeah, and I think uh, I think Brent hit a lot of that on the head right there. For me, guys, I'm waiting for. I'm I'm so eager for Kevin Owens to come back. Mm-hmm. I think for me, Kevin Owens is probably my favorite guy that's come up from NXT uh, in the you know handful of years. He's my number one, probably my number one wrestler on the roster when he's there. Uh, when he's not. Huge Finn Balor fan. Love what he does. Um, AJ Styles is amazing. Uh, watching him through TNA, I would watch TNA just to watch AJ Styles, see what he was going to do. Um, so yeah, I pretty much hit it there. Um, I, you know, I, Brent and I have talked about uh, the things that Daniel Bryan's doing. I'm kind of over the goat. I kind of over him. I don't know. I just wasn't crazy when he came back. When he left, it was cool, but I just. To me now, I th- I'm kind of done with his his act. <laughs> oh no! I know, I know it hurts. I know well, it hurts. it's he, uh, what he's doing right now is so perfect. It's, it's like the best, some of the best heel work in wrestling. I can't believe you're saying that. I can't yeah. believe what I'm hearing right now. I know. I just it's I don't know. It's just a little over the top for me. Um, but yeah, I, I would say Kevin Owens for sure. And Sami Zayn when he gets to work. Not so much on his character side. I think he's an amazing worker. Um, don't really care about his, you know, his mic work. Not a big fan. Um, but yeah, the NXT guys are just so crazy. Monday night when they called up those four guys and they got to come out and do their thing, and I think that was awesome. Just letting those top four performers of the last year, um, yeah, that was cool seeing them come up. And I just I think it's going to be a the next two years is going to be exciting for WWE when they finally get all that talent up now, and that's going to be really impressive. That is one thing, like, just looking at a list of the NXT uh, alumni, like, they have so many, I mean, there are a lot of them who, you know, didn't really make it big or, you know, sort of just faded away, but there are so many just people who now are huge, you know, Um, like Nia Jax and Alexa Bliss, Big E. There's so many people that you for... Well, I mean... and you talk about the the four horsewomen, you know, Bailey, Becky, Sasha, yep. and Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the women's division has has benefited greatly from the development of NXT. And I think that's like one of the things that you got to give WWE credit for. It's just like like you said, understanding that they don't have someone who can be the man to carry it, carry a show anymore, to just have all this talent and use it in the way that you that works you know if you have if you have smaller guys let them let them fly you know let them give them their own division give them some to fight of their own individual belt to fight for that way they're not constantly fighting these big dudes just getting beat up um same thing with the women you know you're you're now showcasing your women who are a-listers and able to fight for championships and you also have tag teams to fill out the the uh, other talent that's there, it's just they're doing mm-hmm. such an amazing job, and it's nice to be along for the ride. That's for sure. Um, now think about wrestling. What are some of the tropes you love and hate? Because there are tons of them. 
Um, I, I think about like, you know, even today, less today, but back in the 80s and 90s, wrestling had some problematic tropes when it came to women, uh, domestic abuse. I think about the number of times where like a wrestler, a male wrestler who was like married to a talent would push the woman in front of a guy so that he could, she could take the hit from the chair or the punch or like that yeah. just would not be acceptable today. <laughs> so, so are you asking what tropes love do I love? Hate. Okay. So for love, I, I love that every week they're going to start the show with a promo and that person's going to get interrupted. That's true. Every time. Um, I love the 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 heat moment, like the face getting beat down and the comeback. Like, like the face always has the comeback moment in the match. Um, and then probably the, the thing that I love most from a, a worker aspect from the match, I love false finishes. Like, not not the bad ones, but whenever they go through, like, let's say they go through, like, three or four uh, signature moves, like, they might be back and forth, or, or they might have uh, reversals, and then they, they finally hit that finisher, and you get the kick out at yep. two and a half. Like, the the finisher that no one kicks out of, and you get that two, the kick out at two and a half. I love false finishes. Um, for ones that I hate, uh, I hate the anti-American gimmicks it's it's really played out i'm not a fan of that and not because i'm an american i just think it's lazy like anytime yeah. you get a foreigner you just throw them like they're anti-american it's lazy uh and then the uh, the one that i really hate is thrown together tag team matches like oh you four have a problem or right, you two are on a team you two are on a team or uh you two can't get along guess what you're on a team together and your yeah. match is right now like i hate thrown together tag teams i hate whenever you have six guys that are in the ring together fighting arguing and you we're gonna have a six-man tag player you know as teddy long would say <laughs> i hate the thrown together tag team matches uh yeah for me i i would say that i love um i love the build-up and i love the payoff we're, we're WrestleMania season now, so we're getting things that are going to pay off in two and a half months. So just seeing that slow burn, um, especially when it's for somebody that's you know uh, that deserves it. Like we're getting a ton of Kofi Kingston right now. Um, you know he always puts on amazing moves, high flying. He's entertaining. He's never had that big title, and you could have swore on Sunday night he was going to win the title just by the way the match went out and now he's getting back in and he's going to headline the filler pay-per-view and who knows he'll probably lose that but then go on to have a moment at mania that pays off for him um i think that's just that is so cool that's probably my favorite thing um i'm a big fan of uh just the call-ups and when they're done properly and also also when they do um surprise run-ins you know, that's the Royal Rumble's always been really cool for that when we get the secret entrance, or it's like, oh my god, I had no idea AJ Styles was going to show up tonight. But oh, he is. I popped so hard for <laughs> yeah. that. Oh yeah, oh, when you god. get when you get that, or like back in the Attitude Era when your guy's getting beat up, when Mick Foley's getting triple teamed, and all of a sudden Stone Cold, the glass breaks and out comes out. That those type of moments, Dolph Ziggler cashing in his Money in the Bank to win the heavyweight title on Monday Night Raw. Those moments are amazing, right? But. uh I would say what I don't like, the things I hate, are um, 
<laughs> sometimes it's that that episode before a pay per view, and they have got nothing to do. They don't want to finish the story, so they'll throw together a eight man tag match that goes forty five minutes with a disqualification. Just <laughs> the the fillers where they couldn't have done anything else. Where we don't, you know, we've got the main event highlighted, but we couldn't have really built up the story for some of the undercard. Um, I think they do a terrible job at that. I I hate those long drawn out matches. Let the guys perform, move on, cut a promo, move on. Um, but yeah, I don't really need a thirty minute kickoff promo with a with two commercial breaks in the middle. I gotta say, one of the tropes I love, um, and I don't know if this is a trope or if it's just a common occurrence, is whenever they model a wrestler off after a real person, like oh, Rob yeah. Van Dam, ver- trying to be like you know <laughs> John Claude Van Dam, Honky Talk Man, basically just being a broke down Elvis. Um, John Morrison being Jim Morrison. Like, those things always make me laugh. I think it's hilarious, but I also think it's inventive. Um, and I like when someone goes weird as well. Like, when, when they basically have a mental breakdown, they, and, and all of a sudden they become a new character. They become exactly. Stardust. I was about, exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. Uh, that whole moment was just, I loved everything about it because it was so weird. You you know one thing uh, I hate to interrupt, but since we may not bring him up again, Cody Rhodes, he is severely underrated. And the thing I love most about him is no matter what he was given, he all you could tell he always put a hundred percent into what he was doing. I I know he's still wrestling, so what he is doing, but he's not somewhere where most people watch him now. So I'll I'll use it in the past tense. But he always puts a hundred percent into whatever he's doing, and I can appreciate that. You can always tell that he he cares, even if he's not, even if it's not something he wants to do. Like he didn't want to do Stardust, no, no. but he put everything he had into it, and he made it entertaining as shit. I was I was mad when he left WWE because he was always one of my favorite wrestlers, and even as Stardust, I loved how weird he was, and like you said, how committed he was to it, whether he was doing promo cuts or just doing like something weird in the middle of the match just yeah i mean he had so many different things like he was part of legacy he had that stretch where he had the mat like the mask he had the stretch where he was dashing cody Rhodes, and then you know he had stardust like he he did in the short period of time he was in wwe i don't know how long it was six seven years he had four or five distinct characters and not a lot of people do that i agree um when i think about the tropes i hated um i kind of hate when when they're like um like just unthinkable or unbelievable uh match results like i don't understand why alexa bliss has ever beaten nia Jax. like it just (laughs) doesn't make sense she's too small in a real fight nia Jax would just sit on her and that would be the end of it um, <laughs> I also hate like, and uh, I think again, I think they've done a much better job of getting away from this in the last decade or so. But even growing up, I hated the weird like racial wrestlers they had, where it's like, okay, you're gonna be a witch doctor, or you're gonna yeah. be, um, I don't know, you're gonna be the the Iron Sheik, you know, you're gonna be the the communist guy, the or you're gonna be the scary Muslim dude. Uh, I like that 
that they have a bunch of people from different places now, and they're just allowed to be wrestlers. Like, um, uh, what's his name? The modern name Maharaj. Uh, guy, I can see his face. And I, yeah. Oh my God! Why am I blanking? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he's not yeah. from. He's from like. He's from Canada. Uh, or Canada. Jahir, yeah. Uh, Gender Mahal. Gender Mahal. Gender. Jesus, that's embarrassing. Uh, for me. And but I love. Oh, I, delete I, that. I, I'm definitely Edit that out. Just get right to it. Uh, <laughs> I, I love. I love the evolution of Ginger Mahal. He used to just always be a punk, and then all of a sudden he came back huge. And Jacked. A better, better on Mike. A better presence. Like I love what they've done with him. Um, they're just they're doing such a better job of allowing diverse wrestlers to just be who they are. Like I loved when Kofi Kingston stopped being a Jamaican just all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> I also love the occasionally the other members of the New Day will call yep. back to that. <laughs> I love I love that so much. But yeah, I I hate that. I hate when they do that shit. I don't understand it. And like I said, it's lazy. Yep. It's lazy. Yeah. Same thing with like Rusev when he came out, he didn't need to be the you know, the ravishing Russian and, you know, destroying the American flag. I get it. You're trying to play up to the certain people that are all about hating all the other countries, but yeah, it's, there's no place on that for, especially like at a kid's show. Like, yes, quote unquote, you know, it's PG era. Let's not, let's not hype up hating Russia just to hate, you know, whatever, to sell your exactly. agenda, you know. Not only that, Rusev Day is so much funnier and so much better. <laughs> yep. <laughs> He's entertaining as hell. Um, now, before we get into some deeper conversation, I do want to finish with a few more questions uh, at general discussion. Uh, what are some of your favorite match types? Uh, now, there are some matches that we don't see anymore, like Extreme Rules, or with uh, you know, where like they would go crazy, like you say, with the spike bats or the or the bats wrapped in 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 wire. But what are some of your favorite matches from past match types? I should say from past and present. Mm-hmm. So number one for me can't be beaten. Royal Rumble, not there's nothing better than the Royal Rumble. Um, and then I love a good ladder match. The Money in the Bank matches are fun. Uh, and then I an underrated match in my opinion is the two out of three falls because mm-hmm. there's so much there's so such a wide variety of stories you can tell in a two out of three falls match. Uh, I I love those. I wish they would do that more. Yeah, I think there's uh, there's some great storytelling, like the the last takeover with Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano. That was no, that was the last man standing. Um, All three of their matches are great, but they do kind of run together for me. Yeah, I mean, like the last man standing match. I think when those are done great, they're they're top notch. Um, for me, I've always been a huge fan of the the Hell in a Cell match, just because of. Mankind falling off the or jumping off the top, falling off the top. From there on, there's been some pretty, like oh my god type of moments. Um, I love those. I do miss the days of um, some of the little more hardcore, just like the backstage matches when you had the hardcore title and you could fight anywhere. Um, I think that's cool. I think they're missing a huge opportunity with today's social media. If they could do it in the '90s with no social media and uh, you could all of a sudden have a Twitter live notification pop up like, oh my god, you, Dolph Ziggler's fighting for the title now live in the airport or something, you know, something yeah, like that. So that's something. 
something that I've always thought of um, is like a network title. Mm-hmm. And you could send that, like, if you have the WWE network on your phone, you get a notification, and the title can be defended at any time. And it's literally just the WWE network title. Yeah, it could be cross, cross-branded too. So if they're over in the UK, all of a sudden you've got one of the UK NXT guys that pop up and they want to challenge. It's their way of introducing them to the US audience. Mm-hmm. Again, it's too obvious. They miss all these obvious, easy, <laughs> easy things because they've got thirty writers for each show, and they can't, you know, they can't think of something. Exactly. Simple. That's that's a good point. I do did miss the hardcore title where like you could defend it, and just imagine if they stage it so it's like, you know, Dolph's. You know that Dolph's because of his Instagram is in California. And he's mm-hmm. golfing, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Yo, he just got challenged on the golf court, golf course, yeah. and they're wrestling." And then all of a sudden, you know, he he pins the guy <laughs> and runs off. Like just <laughs> even if it was only like a three minute match, that would go viral all the time. You wouldn't even need to do it in public that often. Just literally people sitting around on a Saturday before a main event, and all of a sudden one of your champions is fighting because. He's got caught in the ho- in the uh, hotel elevator, like. Oh. It's so uh, good. We should we, we should write we should write. All we gotta do is just write write that title and write a match, and that's it. We'll all get hired. That's it. They'll be like, we need these guys. Hire thirty <laughs> of our people. Hire these three guys. They're writing for us. Um, for me, just when I'm thinking about match types, I love the old school seal, uh, this, the, uh, what's it called? The seal chamber where it's just either have to climb over it or you have to get out the door. Cage oh, match. cage yeah, match. Yeah, there it is. I love the old cage match just because there would always be interference. There'd always be someone who get the door open, would get like three quarters of their body out, and then someone would run down, hit them with the chair, push them back in, and then lock the cage. And then next thing you know, they're either fighting to climb over the side or fighting to break through the lock. Like, I, for me, those matches never got old. Cage matches are good. I mean, we definitely should not forget about the bra and panty match or the contract on a pole match. Those are, you know, you can't go wrong with those, bro. <laughs> bra and panty was where it's at. <laughs> or the mud wrestling. Yes. An- mud another wrestling. thing we'll never see again. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are some of your most memorable matches? Now there are there are tons of them, depending upon what era you want to look on. You know, the time Hulk Hogan body slam Andre the Giant. Uh, one of my favorites is uh, I can't remember if it was the Undertaker who. Oh no, when uh, Mark Henry body slammed the Big Show and the ring collapsed. Yeah, yeah. I, they've done that. They've done that a couple times since then, but I, that's the first time I can remember ever seeing that. I always I remember watching that and just being like, "Man, I wonder how the wrestlers felt about that." Knowing, be like, "Okay, I hope this works properly." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, you're gonna look real foolish, or someone's gonna get hurt. But what are some of your favorite uh, matches when you think about uh, wrestling? Uh. Mm. So let's say WrestleMania, I want to say 17, uh, Deadly Boys, Hardy Boys, Edge and Christian, TLC match for the the tag titles. That's the one where um, 
Edge speared Jeff Hardy when he was hanging from the oh yeah uh, that's right the title that match is is a pretty memorable one for me uh, also on the ladder match WrestleMania ten Shawn Michaels Razor Ramon Intercontinental title match yeah that's uh it, yeah that's that's iconic I mean Shawn jumping off the top of the ladder. Uh, splash on top of uh, Razor Ramon, and then if I'm going to go older, I would say it, it was at a Clash of Champions for WCW late '80s. It was Ricky Steamboat, Ric Flair, two out of three falls match. Oh, if if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's fantastic. Ricky Steamboat underrated yeah. as well. None of us mentioned him. Well, underrated. I was going to mention him later in my defense. Um, but yeah, Ricky Steamboat, super underrated. I'd say for me, I kind of mentioned it earlier, uh, <laughs> Bash of the Beach 96, Hulk Hogan, <laughs> when he, when he turned heel on me, that was a, that was a big one for me. Uh, another one that I got to see live when the Shield were at the top of their game, the Wyatt were at the top of their game, uh, the Wyatt family, it was Elimination Chamber, I think 2014, uh, just being in the crowd, seeing those two face off to each, after each other after build-up for six months plus, um, that was one of the cooler moments. Uh, I said it earlier, too, Mankind versus Undertaker, King of the Ring, threw him off the top rope. Uh, that's always going to be a, always a big one for me. Um, I've been a big fan of some of like the retirement matches, just because you get to... It's the end of a career, and you know they're going to lose. Um, it's just that, that tip of the cap of like, all right, that's the end of your career sending you off. They're doing the favors. I've liked a lot of those. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's just so many matches. Um, best retirement matches, Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair. Yeah. Yeah. When I'm he, sorry. when he says, I'm sorry, I love you. And then super kicks him. Yeah. And then just collapses on him and hugs him after he pins him. Ugh. See, that's, that's the kind of stuff people, people that don't, Love wrestling, just don't understand how good that is. Yep, it's I I re- I can recognize looking in from the outside how ridiculous that sounds, but when you're in it, it means something. Yeah, and then but then you get the the, the things that like tarnish that are the Undertaker his when he lost to Russell, Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, it puts everything in the ring, and then he's back eight months later. Mm-hmm. It's, Come on, yeah. man! Like <laughs> you're tarnishing the retirement the, the retirement match now. No. Well, Ric Flair just went to TNA, so <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not, yeah, it's not much different. But <laughs> um, yeah, I I think about um, my most memorable matches. I think you guys hit most of them. Um, I also loved. Uh, I just love the big feuds, like Bret the Hitman Hart versus Shawn Michaels, or all the Undertaker matches. But one of my favorites was The Rock versus Stone Cold. Um, mm-hmm. WrestleMania X7 with uh, just a beautiful long match, a little bit of interference from Vince McMahon, and um, you know Stone Cold getting an assist from the guy you thought he hated to help him uh, win the match in the end. But so many memorable matches, so many to choose from. But I have one last question before we get into our rankings. Uh what is your favorite belt? And if you were a wrestler, which is the one that you would want to win? Yes. Okay. So I have always loved 
the Anarchon the WWE Intercontinental uh, title. Yes, yes, yes. White strap, white strap. No other strap will be acceptable. There's a reason that that was the like all the other belts have changed time and time again, and I know they went through that that stretch where they had the different title um, from like. When they did the brand split in 2002 till Cody Rhodes brought it back in 2011. But that belt is so iconic and it's such a good looking belt. I hope they never change it. It is a fantastic looking belt. Um, it, there's a reason it's stuck around for so long while others have, have gone by the wayside. And then if I had to pick uh, a secondary one out of the current titles, the NXT UK Championship... Yeah, it is immaculate. No, that was on my list also. Um, uh, oh, go ahead, Dawson. Yeah, I was just gonna say for me, I've always been since Stone Cold was huge. I loved the Smoking Skull Heavyweight Championship belt. Mm-hmm. Thought that was always really cool. Um, I think The Rock had one that never really actually got put into. Uh, oh, with in the Brahma Bull. Yeah, that never got put into play. That one I've seen pictures of that, but it's never gone through. Um. You know, and I was—I guess—I was a bigger WCW guy growing up too. So that the big gold mm-hmm. belt, the, the you know that one was always kind of a standard for me. Um, and to see WWE get rid of that was kind of kind of hurt my insides a little bit. So, but uh, but yeah, I mean that was probably my. If you take iconic out of you know, I, um, Ted DiBiase's money belt too. That was super cool. The million dollar title. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I love all those belts. Uh, I'm. Definitely a bigger fan of the older belts than I am of the newer ones, but I'm with you, Brent. Uh, for me, it was always the Intercontinental belt. It just it it stuck out. It looked beautiful on anybody. That was the one I I definitely would want. Can can I can I tell you which belt oh, I hate? Do. The spinner. Oh, yes, I knew you were going to say it. The rated R belt. I knew it. Oh, or even belt. the yeah. Cena one. Yeah, the Cena one too. I was going to say oh, the Cena one it. is the one that stuck out to me when you said spinner belt. That that you're like, why? Why are you letting this man do this? And you know what was kind of cool too? They had um, Tamina when she was a champion for a while. She had the light up belt. I thought that was kind of cool, but that was gone. Oh, Na- Naomi or Naomi? Sorry, Naomi. Um, that was gone, and you know when she got injured, they took that away. Mm-hmm. Kind of. It was kind of interesting. You know, I, <laughs> uh, I didn't used to watch Total Divas, but my wife, and this, this is true, my wife started watching it, and I was like, oh, you're watching people that I watch. Maybe I'll watch this. So I started watching I, I watch it now. <laughs> she did that on her own. Oh, really? Nice. Uh, she went and had that done without getting it approved. Um, and at first they were not big fans of it, but, uh, once they saw it in the lights on the stage before the show, uh, they loved it, but she did not, she, she did not get approval for that and they were not stoked about it. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if, no, I I won't go. I will say, I wonder if Paige got permission for her title X. Oh, whoa, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) This is probably a PG-13 program. Can't talk about those. Woo. Um, that might be a uh, story for another show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, well, we're going to get into some rankings. Because I want to talk about, you know, 
the three little splits, you know, the tag teams, the ladies, the dudes. But I also I want to look at it from a different uh, a different perspective. So looking at your tag, looking at these three categories, we're going to talk about our favorite, our worst, and the one you'd most want to be on or the person you most want to be. And we're going to start with the tag team. Uh, list your who's your favorite tag team? Uh, for me, it's the New Day. Uh, I, I think the three of them have great chemistry in the ring, but it's their comedic timing and their chemistry on the mic outside of the ring that really drives it home. Yeah, that's that's a good one. I, I they're just they've stuck around for so long when that when their gimmick popped up originally, I was like, ah, these guys, this is not going to go anywhere. Oh, whenever they were like the gospel yes. with the choir and everything, yes. I'm like, there's no chance this is going to survive, <laughs> and then they kind of flipped into that comedic role and it's been a highlight of every show they're on um for me i would say probably my favorite tag team the road warriors um i did, or not the road Warriors. sorry the new age outlaws um mm-hmm. i've always loved everything they do when they came back a couple of years ago and they won the title again and they're in their 50s i thought it was amazing um so yeah that's that's my favorite um my favorite as i stated early earlier uh was the legion of doom uh I just as a kid, they were just an unstoppable force of nature. I love the spiked collars. I love the face paint. Uh, everything about them was great. Uh, modern wise, though, in the close second were probably the Hardy Boys, like the high the high flyers, um, committed to their roles of like I don't know, almost like X Game style wrestlers. Uh, that that like weird trance club vibe look to them, and also they had Lita, which I mean, not bad to look at to be honest. Um, who's the worst tag team you hate? <laughs> okay, so I have I have sort of a cheat answer, but I'm gonna stick with it. So imagine the years like 1995, right? You lose Scott Hall and Kevin Nash to WCW. What do you do? Oh, we're just going to bring in two guys. Yes. Make them fake, <laughs> make them Razor Ramon and Diesel. <laughs> and they put them in a tag team together. That was terrible. Do you remember who fake Diesel was? Uh, was it, was it Kane? Did it be in Kane? It's yeah, Kane. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So fake Razor and, and fake Diesel. Are, are my choice for worst tag team ever because why what were they thinking i know they were dr yankovic away and make him razor or uh, scott hall or <laughs> kevin nash i don't i don't get it like i they i don't think they were trying to fool people into thinking they were razor ramon and diesel i almost wonder if they did it just like maybe that was before they had their uh, contracts like locked down with the character aspect, and maybe they're like, "All right, we got to use these characters, or they're going to take the yeah. characters with them." That, or they had to just, "Well, let's just go in here and finish out the storyline and move on." Yeah, but that—that's my choice for worst. It's a little bit of if you—if you pushed me to go for an actual tag team, I'd say the Bushwhackers. Well, I—I I think I think your your take is very. I think it's eligible. I'll say that at the very least. I I um I somehow forgot about that, but as soon as you said that, I looked at a picture and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right. That was not a good look." Um, Dawson. Yeah, I would say um, probably. Oh, there's just been so many like 
makeshift teams that they've mashed together over the years that I just I, I don't I can't stand. It's like you're just pushing these guys along. Um, if I were to <laughs> just one that jumps out to me, I think this was from uh, this is either TNA or but it was when Pac-Man Jones came in. I think that was TNA. <laughs> it was TNA. Any any the tag team with Ron Ron Killings or R Truth? Uh, I thought that was terrible. I hate Slater Gator. I'm so glad that died faster than it did. Um, but yeah, just I'd say it's just a, basically those two. They just smashed together for no reason, just to to give two guys some work. I I don't want to like that. There's no chemistry. I just it drives me crazy. Well, my worst was the Bushwhackers. Uh, <laughs> every time I saw them on wrestling, I was like, God, these fucking dudes. Like just out there to get stomped. They won sometimes, but. Mainly just out there to get stomped by better teams. Licking heads and shit. Yeah, they were just, they looked dirty. <laughs> they just looked like they were actually, put, like, I was like, I think these guys live this role. I don't think this is acting for them. <laughs> they, they live the gimmick? Oh, yeah. All right. Luke and Butch. Assuming that you could have the talent to do it, what tag team would you most want to be on? Edge and Christian. Hands down. I would say New Day, but I, I'm afraid I would mess up their dynamic. <laughs> and everyone would hate me. Oh, man. this is uh, When I saw this question came up, I didn't really have a great answer. I couldn't think of one that I'd really be that third wheel on unless I could be some type of uh, manager for them. Um, and I think for me, I, I've always liked... I like the Revival. That's out oh, today. They're so great. Mm-hmm. It's such a great callback to the old days. I just feel like hanging out with Dash and Dawson and being... The second Dawson. Dawson in that group, right? <laughs> um, I already got the name there, so yeah, Dash and Dawson, the revival. I think, uh, yeah, I think that's one I'd be part of now. Um, for me, it's easy. Um, I think I would want to be with the Dudley Boys. Uh, it would be nice <laughs> to put people through tables. That's really the only reason why I'd, I'd want to be part of that tag team. Uh, they're a little weird, but I bet they party. They look like they drink. <laughs> and uh at you know every so often i either get to put someone through a table and probably get put through a table myself but hopefully putting more people through tables than i'm getting put through just replace spike with john exactly <laughs> now put some black wire ram glasses on dude that's a trope i should have talked about uh that i hate i hate when you just have like add-on characters who have no business being in the wrestling ring like the, the the I'm looking at you, Drake Maverick. This uh, like who's the guy with Bobby Lashley right now? Oh, Leo don't Rush. talk don't talk about Leon Rush. Oh God, I just although I mean Leon Rush is is pretty jacked, but I'm just like, why are you involved in matches with dudes who are literally two feet taller than you and a hundred pounds heavier? Like stay out of the ring because it's a because it's a good visual, and he's he's crazy athletic. But uh, he's underrated in in the heel category because people hate him, and, and not not the bad kind of hate. No, no. Like whenever right. he's out there going Lashley, Lash, like people hate that shit, yeah. and it's it's the good kind of hate. So I I actually really like Leo Rush, and whenever we got him against Ricochet on Monday Night Raw, that that's the kind of matches I want to see. I gotta say, he does his job well, because I'm one of those people you're talking about. Yep. Like, I hate this dude. He's got good heat. Uh, Alright, it's time for to give the ladies some love. 
Now, who's your favorite female wrestler? All time, Trish Stratus. Ooh, matching up again. But if you were going to ask me right now, it's the man, Becky Lynch. Yep. What she is doing right her what if you whatever you want to call it her stone cold thing that she's yeah. got going right now the man I, like I am digging that character yeah I would say for me it was probably if you go all time I would say Lita uh, I think she did some of that mm-hmm. ad you know she, she took the them to the extreme right she hung out with the Hardy Boys so there she goes she's got that extreme attitude it was cool um, and yeah Becky Lynch is she's crushing it I I think she's redefining what women redefined a few years ago um and really really stepping up and uh i think that's cool and we brent and i talking to dm i think either she's gonna somehow work her way into the main event uh at wrestlemania or take over the main event or i can see i can see her even challenging a a man on the roster and having an amazing match putting it up against somebody super athletic i think that'd be a pretty cool match also the women are gonna main event wrestlemania yeah yeah, where a cool. Brock Lesnar match is happening, yep. the women are going to main event. I'm excited for I'm excited for WrestleMania, and I'm with you guys. Uh, my all time was Trish Stratish, as I mentioned, but uh, what what Becky Lynch is doing right now, I'm hoping that sometime before uh, WrestleMania, she'll do the thing where she's in the ring, and she's like, either Charlotte or Ronda will be approaching her, and she'll be acting like like no no don't don't hurt my leg. And then when they turn around, she'll beat them up and then pull the uh, cast off or pull the, the brace off. And we'll just be like, 100%. <laughs> and then they'll throw her in WrestleMania in the main event and make it a triple threat match. Um, she's going to win that title. Yep. I think she's had too, too, big of a, too big of a year or the last six months to, to not. If, she, if she's legit injured, that'd be the only thing I could see taking her out. Um, all right. List your worst female wrestler. And I'm going to go first. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with Alexa Bliss. I cannot stand her. Uh, I do think she's a good wrestler. I, she does a great job being a hill and just being a person you want to hate. But again, I just don't understand how she beats some of the wrestlers she beats. I love Alexa Bliss. Uh, not me. She's, uh I think she's great. Yeah, I, 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 I lean towards liking her. Uh, the only thing I'm not crazy about is kind of in the trope piece where WWE is so anti-bully, but then she's doing a 15-minute promo on bullying Nia Jax on how big she is compared to her. It's like, that's the only part I don't like is when they well, really go into that bowling mode. But Well, I think the whole point of that was because Nia Jax was going to go over at the end and she was going to triumph over sure. the bully. But yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, for me, I would say my least favorite currently i i can't stand alicia fox yeah when she comes out and she just screeches it's like no that's not i don't like that it's not appealing i don't enjoy it it just hurts um i I don't really have like a throwback wrestler that i can think of some of you know because back (laughs) it was basically lita or trish stratish uh, stratus and then everybody else was kind of there for looks um so yeah i you know china was always there but i never really liked china that much she was too big for me i don't know i just it was weird I, I, something about her kind of <laughs> bugged me i don't know what it was <laughs> uh, do you all remember brodus clay the funkasaurus yes i do do you remember the funkadactyls yes, yes. I do. so what one of them was naomi right the other yeah, one so. 
Yeah, the other one is named Cameron, and she is the worst professional wrestler I've ever seen. She was on uh, Tough Enough, right? She, I, I, I think so. She was on something. I don't know if she was on Tough Enough. She was on something not that far back. I think it might have been an MTV show or something. Okay. Um, but she, there's a match, and you can look this up. It's it's one of the greatest botches of all time. She does her little scissor kick on top of someone uh, and goes to pin them, but they are laying on their stomach. She's pinning them with them on their stomach. She looks at the ref. She says, count it. <laughs> and the ref, I swear to God, the ref looks at her and goes, count what? <laughs> uh, just you could tell. It was just so genuine in the moment. Like, it wasn't a bit at all. He's like, count what? <laughs> <laughs> she will forever be the worst female wrestler in my opinion St- almost strictly because of that moment but she was she was not good in the ring oh that's funny <laughs> I forget Count it I forgot that they had a moment where they became when they became like wrestlers and that it wasn't just like Naomi blossoming there were actually two of them mm-hmm yeah the funkadactyls the funkadactyls um all right, if you get transported into the body of a female wrestler of your choice, who would you want it to be? Oh, it's Becky. Yeah, that is, I, I'd agree. No question. See, I I kind of want to say Sasha Banks, but if I'm being honest, I would love to uh, to have the skill of Charlotte Flair. Like, she is a, a decent enough talker, but, like, her wrestling, I think, is really good. Plus, she's just such... I can't remember. I saw a picture of her with some of the other ladies, and I forget how big she is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, she's pretty big. But when she's a heel, she's a great talker. It's when she's a face that she struggles. That is true. With the character. When she's a he- she's a great heel. I don't know why they ever make her a face, because she's she's prototype heel. She does it really well, too. That's yeah. I think that's who it would, who would be. Um, I really like Sasha Banks, and I'm glad she got to be a champion. But I feel like she's been surpassed by a bunch of talent as far as singles go. Like I've, my daughter dressed up as her for Halloween this last year. Oh, nice! Yeah, the balls. All right, it's time to talk the dudes. Your favorite male wrestler? Uh, all time HBK. Right now, AJ. Both very very similar to each other. I have a style that I prefer. <laughs> For me, I have to go favorite all time Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, he just he was the the face of wrestling for so long, and it was just everything he did was my I was on board with. Um, currently, I Kevin Kevin Owens is great. Um, you know, I'm starting to get really big into the NXT guys again. So, I, you know, I'm loving Alistair Black. I'm loving uh, Adam Cole, Bebe. And, oh. uh, yeah, I just can't wait for those, those those guys to be mainstream. Adam Cole might be the one of the best talkers in the last 15 years. I just feel like he's HPK 2.0. He is the closest thing to it. He is so comfortable on the microphone. It's ridiculous. Yep. Um, I got to say... My favorite um, wrestler of all time is probably The Rock. Uh, I love the uh, his his promos were great. Uh, his shit talking back in the day was just amazing. 
he had all the perfect catchphrases, the moves. Plus, I loved his commitment, even whether he was winning or losing. There's was nothing better to me than seeing The Rock get a Stone Cold Stunner and having <laughs> him like flip and then roll backwards and launch himself off. Just like though that that stuff was amazing to me. Um, I'm glad that he blew up the way he did. Like I feel like he of of the wrestling personalities he deserved and was capable of doing it, and he's really done well. I do wish he came mm-hmm. back a little bit more. You know, just, and not even all the time, just like every now and then jump over and give someone a stunner and then walk out the ring. But I know that's not his style. Um, but my modern, uh, favorite person, I mean, there are lots of good ones, but I would probably have to go with, uh, Seth Rollins. Uh, I don't know what it is about him, but I just like, I like the level that he's at and I like, uh, the wrestler he's become. Uh, yeah. Burn it down. That stomp is cool, too. Yeah, that too. Uh, who's the worst male wrestler? And there are so many to choose from. <laughs> okay, so I have uh, kind of an off-the-board one. But he always made me uncomfortable. Snitsky. Oh. I don't know if you all remember Snitsky. Uh, big monster dude. Looked dirty. Has really weird nipple placement. <laughs> <laughs> so key. <laughs> uh, like, it's like down at the bottom of his peck and they kind of point towards the ground. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I mean, if you don't know who I'm talking about, look up a picture. Oh, of no, I know exactly he, who you're talking he, about. He always made me uncomfortable. And I don't know if that makes him the worst wrestler, but he's the one that I least want to see on my television screen. <laughs> Yeah, I think I look at this as a similar similar way. I don't necessarily know that they're the worst, but they're my least favorite. Um, I I can't stand Sheamus. So to me, any, anything that he's a part of, I just I, I back away. It's uh, it's a hard no for me. Uh, he's just especially when he did the hair and the beard. That's just that <laughs> to me. Just no, I'm not a fan. Um. I gotta say, I never liked Sheamus, but I love the bro kick, and I do. I became more of a fan um, when he when he joined with Cesaro to become the Bar. Yeah, the Bar is the best thing he's done. Oh, yeah, it's it's nice when he doesn't. It's just I think when they they push him so hard, he's on the mic all the time. It just that was too much. I think he does a lot of cool things. Like broke kick is really cool. Um, when he the, the chest thing, this chest slap is cool. But I just his character, I just not a fan. Uh, for me, it I'll say the one I hated the most was probably Gold Dust. Uh, he was just too creepy for me. Too weird. Like <laughs> just way way too weird. But one of the guys who always made me feel uncomfortable was Rashiki. Rakishi. Uh. <laughs> Rikishi. 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 Yeah, I was yeah. just like, yo, man, putting your butt in people's face. That used to, I never thought that was cool. I was always like, oh, no, that's torture. Don't do that to people. That's how you get pink eye. Exactly. Come on. <laughs> but then you also have the Bronco Buster, which wasn't that much worse. That's which X Pac broke it, like ripped his butthole open. Yeah. <laughs> Doing that. <laughs> That's a, like a really funny story. Uh, another funny story, and this is just something that I, I just thought of, so I'm just going to bring it up, is when uh, they had that rumble 
where Batista and John Cena both went over the ropes and landed at the same time. And then Vince McMahon came walking down to the ramp and tore both his quads. Yeah. <laughs> and they got in the ring, tried to stand up, and just sat sitting in the ring yelling at people. <laughs> like, it's a really funny, weird moment. That's what I always think is so crazy about wrestling. You're guaranteed to have one of those things where you're like, you can tell everyone else is like, what the fuck's going on? This is not <laughs> the way we practice it. <laughs> um, all right. List the male wrestler you most want to be. And for this one, I'm going to change it up a little bit. Pick a, uh, pick a wrestler from the past if you can have their career and a wrestler from today if you can have their career going forward. Oh, um, a wrestler from the past and the rock. Is that, is that far enough back? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. So the rock, uh, I would love to have. His past career up until now, obviously, one of the biggest celebrities in the world. Um, and if I were to pick a wrestler right now, um, mostly because he's, he just oozes coolness, Finn Balor. I want to look that cool wearing a leather jacket and underwear. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah. Why not? Like, right. if I had abs like that, I wouldn't wear a shirt ever. 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 Don't own a shirt. Don't want a shirt. <laughs> don't um, need one. Yeah, don't That's need for one. Sure. Um, yeah, for me, I guess uh, if I could be somebody in the past, uh, Hulk Hogan to me was so cool. He had the you don't you don't want to be him now? Not now. No, he, I mean <laughs> he did win that lawsuit with uh, with Gawker and all that money, but uh, yeah, back then. And I guess for moving forward, um, God, so many potential out there. I, I mentioned earlier, I'd say probably Adam Cole. I think he's going to be huge. Or even somebody like Ricochet. Uh, oh. He's just... Ricochet, I think, if they can really get him in a position to, to shine um, on the main roster, he's going to be massive. Um. Well, my guy from the past is the Heartbreak Kid. I think just to have such a prolific uh, career and to be able to... Retire, but still come back and do promos and stuff like that, and to be so beloved. I think that's a career I'd love to have. Um, although I wonder how his body is right now. Um, but moving forward, um, I'm with you. I would want to be Vin Balor, and not just because I think he's a cool guy and I think he's has staying power. Like you guys said, I can't imagine ever having abs like that. I literally... <laughs> <laughs> I'd only live in warm weather places. I'd never have a shirt on. I'd be like Matthew McConaughey, just like, you guys want me to take my shirt off? I knew that. Just constantly walking around shirtless. I mean, whenever you're on a show that has like so many fit people, and I can think of multiple occasions where people on screen, on camera, have commented on his abs, you know you got something. Yeah, you got something, right? you got something going and it's going well. <laughs> <laughs> um right we're we're going to get into our closing question uh but before i get into the closing question i do have two bonus questions that i thought of this morning uh while sitting in bed and not wanting to go to work uh but uh, being excited about this topic i want to ask you guys if you were wrestling if you were excuse me if you were a wrestler what would be your attire are you a uh, no shirt pants guy are you a no shirt underwear guy 
Breeze guy, I guess, if you want to call him? Are you a... What's your makeup? What would make you comfortable? Assuming you were in whatever condition you wanted to be. If you wanted to be as big as and cut as Bobby Lashley, or if you wanted to be uh, a normal-looking guy, or, you know, what what would be your your outfit? I think I would literally steal AJ Styles' ring gear. Like, uh, the pants, the kick pads, the gloves... Like I love the the like the the receivers gloves that he wears, mm-hmm. like just that his whole thing the the vest. Like I've never wanted to wear a vest, but a vest with a hood on it when you're just walking out to the ring. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> Get to do the cool thing where I like throw my arms out, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think for me, whenever I play like a wrestling video game, my creative character always has jeans. Uh, <laughs> you're always in street, street street fights all the time street ready uh, kind of like how Dean Ambrose was uh, a while ago I mean just basically came out ready to go like he just showed up to the arena um, that to me was always I always thought that was cool similar with like a Stone Cold when he would run in on events he'd have jeans and his black t-shirt and his hat that's kind of I think that's something I'd want to kind of mimic well I think I would have uh, sort of like AJ Styles, you said. I definitely would do pants. I'm not sure. Even if I, unless I was Vin Balor cut, I think I would probably wear a shirt most of the time. Um, I know one pair of clothing that I wouldn't wear. Even I'm not a big fan of the briefs. I feel like you got to be real confident to wear those. <laughs> um, but I would wear briefs before I would wear the jean pants that the Hardy Boys used to wear. Like those wide, oh, like the chicos. yeah, just like <laughs> I never understood. It's like how can you do those things? Basically, having parachutes at the bottom of your pants. Like I can't believe he still wears those. I know. I thought like, hey, he's going to update himself now that he's back in the modern day. Nope. Not <laughs> nope, even. Nope. Not a chance. Not even. Um, would you go? Would you rather go with like tights, like AJ, or would you go with? Um, some some looser pants, a la like Shinsuke Nakamura. I think I would go with tights, just because I think I would want to. I feel like that would help your movement more. Yeah. Than it would be to have like these like just loose fitting clothing. Plus, I also, as a professional courtesy, like I'd hate to have like a bunch of flowing pants and like a button hit somebody in the eye. <laughs> and I'm messing up stuff, and I'm just like, man, I know I shouldn't be wearing these big ass. Jeans. I should, I should modernize. Like Jeff Hardy took off that studded belt and hit Randy Orton with it, left welts all over his butt. Like you could see those little circles yep. from the studs. Ah. And you know, Randy Orton afterwards is like, "Come on, man! You couldn't find a different belt to wear." <laughs> Randy, knowing Randy, he probably he was like, "Oh, you got that belt on? You're gonna hit me with it, and then I'm gonna go get my bus." afterwards and you can go back to the locker room exactly um last but not least you're in a street fight and you can use any weapon that's been traditionally used in the wwe or in wrestling what is your weapon of choice you a stair a steel stairs man are you uh pull a turnbuckle off and hit someone throw someone into the piping or you know what is your weapon uh I'm going to go with the most devastating weapon ever introduced to wrestling, the sledgehammer. Heavy hitter. No one 
could handle that sledgehammer. No, one hit to the ribs and you're done. You're down. A hit to the rib, a pedigree, you're done. You're done, son. Where are you going? Nowhere. <laughs> uh, but uh, a more traditional weapon. I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of chairs. Yeah. I love a chair shot. Chairs are great. I, I was thinking that was, it's kind of the basic answer, but a chair, even like a garbage can, you know, it's multi-purpose. You can hit them with it. You can put them in it. The steel garbage cans. Uh, what about the cookie sheet? <laughs> I always love when they go back to like catering and they pick up a like well oh, yeah. has cookie sheets. Yep. Yeah. And just start beating <laughs> someone with it. And it was always a cookie sheet that would bend. It was never like yeah. a, bend it over someone's head. A steel one. Uh going back to the uh trash can, the trash can is one of the most just versatile weapons in the WWE. Like hit someone in the face with it, put it in the turnbuckle and throw them into it, body slam them on top of it. Like Coast to coast. Yep. But for me, the weapon, my weapon of choice, the one guaranteed to break and probably be taken from you, the kendo stick. Yeah. I absolutely loved it. You would always, the first three hits, one to the back, one to the legs, the uh, Tommy Dreamer special. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that would be my weapon. What about a, what about a guitar? That's a great visual. It really is. Always built the break. I just wish the guitars would take... They're all guaranteed to explode within three shots, if not two. Oh, they explode on one. Yeah. You, <laughs> Jeff Jarrett hit Elias with one a couple weeks ago, and it didn't break. And I was like, oh, Jesus, did he pick up the wrong one? The funny, like... <laughs> the funny thing about that is like, you could see the surprise on his eyes when he was like, okay, one more swing. <laughs> That shit exploded. Um, all right, guys. We have discussed this topic through and through. And I think it's time to get into our closing questions. How many guys... How many people did you guys list? You guys do 10 or 15 or... Uh, how many people were you able to come up with? I mean, I did 15. I could have done 50. Oh, yeah. Me, I, if you gave me... I stopped at 20s. I was just like going to my honorable mention. I was like, all right, calm down, John. I did 15. And as we're recording and we're talking about people, I'm like, oh man, I should have had them in there. But I look at my list. I'm like, I don't know where I would put them. All right. Um, so. we'll do our top 15 and we'll just, we'll run through them. Um, okay. So for our closing question tonight, I asked my guests to list their top, uh, 15 wrestlers. So who would like to go first with their list of 15? I'll go first. Um, start at 15 and work my way up. Yes, please. Is that, is that, the, is that the way we want to do it? Um, just for, uh, I, I kind of cheated. My 15 is two people, and that's because I got to the end, and I was like, well, for legacy purposes, I should include these people. John Cena and The Undertaker. Uh, for legacy purposes. They're not necessarily my favorite, but I feel like they deserve to be on there. Uh, 14, Chris Jericho. Uh, 13 Edge, 12 CM Punk, 11, all the way down to 11 Ric Flair, number 10, The New Day, number 9, The Macho Man, Randy Savage, 8, Seth Rollins, 7, Becky Lynch, 6, I don't know if you guys know much about Japan, but Kenny Omega. Yeah. Kenny Omega's a badass. Uh, number five, The Rock. Number four, Triple H. 
three Stone Cold, two AJ, and number one Shawn Michaels. Nice. Uh, so that's a uh, go ahead. Yeah, you go ahead, John. No, no, no. Go ahead. Uh, so yeah, for me, I I didn't quite do a full fifteen, but I could probably round it out really quick. And I didn't really list them in my order, but uh, this is it's just hard for me to pick a, an all time favorite. Um, so I'll just I'll just run through my list quick. So I have uh, AJ Styles. He's on there. He's phenomenal. Uh, Sting, Bret the Hitman Hart. I've got Undertaker, The Rock, John Cena, Hulk Hogan, CM Punk, Brock Lesnar, Kevin Owens, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Those are those are some of my all-time favorites. Um, you know, you've got your honorable mentions: Triple H and DX, uh, Shawn Michaels for me from the DX era. Um, and uh, yeah, I just don't think you can really go wrong. With any of those guys, I was never really big on uh, Goldberg. You know, he was cool when he was on the streak, but when he came to WWF, uh, WWE didn't really care for him. So he's off my list. I like it. I was trying to find a place to put him, but he just kept falling and falling. I put him like initially at ten, and then just started filling out the list, and he just fell and fell. Um, so my list, my fifteen, uh, and I'll try and be quick with this. So I'll do my honorable mentions. My honorable mentions. Uh, Diamond Dallas Page. I <laughs> always was a fan of his. Um, and just missing the list uh, is Edge. My, he, he was my number 16. He got beat out by Ricky the the Dragon. Uh, Ricky the Steamboat. What's it, Ricky the Dragon or Ricky? Rick, Ricky the Dragon the Steamboat. Steamboat. That's what I thought, yeah. which is such a weird one. Well, he should have just been called the Dragon or the Steamboat. Doesn't matter. Underrated guy. He was one of my one of my. Fi- the steamboat. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe not the maybe not the greatest name. Uh, he was one of my favorite wrestlers growing up. I think he was probably my first favorite wrestler before I I got mesmerized by the headliners. Uh, underrated wrestler. His matches were always the ones I would love to watch and rewatch. Uh, number fourteen, Randy Orton. Uh, number 13, Seth Rollins. Number 12, CM Punk. Number 11, Chris Jericho, who I don't think we gave enough due. Chris Jericho, that man has been doing it for so long. And every time he'd leave and come back and leave and come back, I loved it. He reinvents himself. So well. Uh, that whole Raw is Jericho era, I loved Mm -hmm. it. The light up jacket. Yeah, I also like the list. Yep. The list was great. Yeah, I love that. Just so much care, uh, so much charisma, and the walls of Jericho, which is one of the greatest names for a finishing move. Mm-hmm. Uh, number ten, Tris Stratish. Uh, number nine, The Legion of Doom. Number eight, Razor Ramon. Number seven, The Undertaker. Number six, The Hardy Boys. Number five, Macho Man. Number. Four, Mr. Perfect. Number three, The Heartbreak Kid. Number two, just losing to The Rock, who's my number one, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. I don't think you can have a list without having him on there. And, of course, number one, The Rock. Uh, Charisma, amazing wrestling moves, and great on the mic. He was uh, one of the many yet few triple threats. The most electrifying man in sports entertainment. Uh, yeah, I mean, he told people to just bring it. Get the F out. Yeah. 
I, yeah. I smell what he's cooking, you know? I remember one promo when he, I think he was fighting Jericho for, uh, for the WWE, or I think it was WWE mm-hmm. Championship, I guess. And Stephanie was pushing him. And I remember he, he told Chris Jericho, who, can't remember what he said, but he said, Chris Jericho, bring your pansy ass. Stephanie, bring your dirty panties. But above all else, uh, just bring it. And I was like, <laughs> I'm always going to love this guy. Probably called him a jabroni somewhere in there. Yep. Took him to SmackDown Hotel. Raised an <laughs> eyebrow for the people. Yep. He had so much, so many catch, you know, he loved pie, you know? He loved pie. And just to think he almost didn't make it when it was Rocky Maivia. I know. I know, right? Right? Nation of Domination? God, I, there's so much that we didn't even get to talk about. Um, guys, Dawson, Brent, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, where can people find you if you want to be found? And you don't have to be, but if you want to be found. Uh well, you can find me uh, on Cinema Chat Podcast with Rob and Brent and Reggie. Uh, CinemaChatPodcast.com. X not Malcolm on Twitter. Uh, yeah, that's that's where you can find me. That's where I be. You know how I be. And you guys should definitely check out that show. It's a great show. They do a fantastic job uh, reviewing uh, reviewing movies. Sometimes they'll give you an old movie. I miss those, but there's just so much coming out that you know they're doing their thing, letting you know what not to see, what you can wait on. It's very valuable. Um, Dawson, where can people find you if you want to be found? Yeah, absolutely. You can uh, if you want. I'm on Twitter. It's Andy underscore Dawson. Uh, I'm also on a podcast uh, that I we've just finished our episode 20, so it's Quality Under Pressure podcast. You can follow us on Twitter. Not super active on Twitter, and it's more some Facebook side of things. But but yeah, we're having a lot of fun doing that, and uh, just following the footsteps of some of my favorite podcasts like uh, Vent Chat and of course Cinema Chat and all those fun things. So so yeah, follow us there. Well, I mean, if we're gonna do a circle jerk, Quality Under Pressure <laughs> is. Is a fantastic show that I subscribe to, so yes. uh, you sh- you should check it out. Uh, what's the show about? Uh, it's really really open format. Uh, we try to bring in a guest, so we'll have a ge- almost a different guest all the time. Nobody ever really big. Uh, usually some high school friends that we know, or some of our professional friends. Um, we we had an interview lined up with Ben Bailey from Cash Cab, but there's some personal things that have come up, and that's uh, not going to happen. Now. Oh. Yeah. But uh, that was going to be our first, like, C-list celebrity. Um, but, yeah, or just open format, more or less. The original idea was going to be around uh, bring a, a topic that makes you kind of scratch your head or something you can't get around. Now it's more or less just bring in something to talk about, and we'll, we'll go for an hour and a half. Perfect. I'm going to be subscribing to that tonight. There you go. Check it out. It's fun. Um, again, we hope you guys enjoyed uh, listening to this episode on wrestling. If you have a top 10, top 15, top 20 that you want to send in, send it in and it just might get read on a future episode. Until then, whether you're first or whether you're last, at least you're on the list. And if you're not down with getting rank, I got two words for you. Suck it. Suck it! You've been listening to Getting Ranked, a brother-to-brother podcast production. I am your host, Tempe WMF, or at least I was, 
as this is the end of the show. You can find me on Twitter at TempeWMF, that's T-E-M-P-I-W-M-F, and on Instagram at the same. Check out the podcast Twitter page at GettingRankedPC, and check out my other show, Brother to Brother. Also a shout out to Rujay, who produced the beat for the opening theme, which you're listening to now, and a big thanks to Bucho, aka at Aubrey underscore T22, who spit hot fire on that intro. Thanks for listening. Please rate and review. And until next time, remember, you may not be first, but at least you're on the list.